Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 19! Ooh, so close to 20. So close to 20. And then we stop. You say that every time. (laughs) I know. And it never happens. You want to have a laugh? Well, Liam beats me till I do more episodes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the whole crux of it. How are you, Nick? Yeah, all right. I'm bald. It's very weird. You're bald. Oh yes, you're bald. Yeah. I thought you said you're bald. Yeah, I no, know no, you're bald because no. you sent me a distressing picture during the week, going, "Help me! Help! What have I done? <laughs> oh, all my hair has fallen out with the help of these beard clippers." Yes. Did you mess up the setting by accidentally potentially? Your hair? <laughs> potentially. But I got some good comments at work today. Did you? They think I could look 10 years younger, which means, my God, how haggard did I look previously? <laughs> really? Did they just want a pay rise? That's, that's, that's nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm not the one who gives out pay rises. Maybe they think you are. <laughs> that's, that's why they're so misguided. <laughs> you could just say, yes, Nick, you do look so much younger. How nice. You do- Well, Nick, you never looked old. Shut up. You look marvellous, darling. Uh, any poisonings this week? No, no, but it is early days. There's going to be a heat wave this week, so I think the, the urge to kill will rise in yes, England. Yes, quite, quite likely. For we are not used to the heat. Aircon in the office. Ha, 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 oh, ha, 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 You're the ha, one ha. person that I know who has aircon in the office. Ha, 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 I win. <laughs> Is that what you do all day? You just sit in your office <laughs> Yes, going, ha, ha, I just sit in my ha, office ha, going, ha, 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 <laughs> I'm so very cool. Aircon song. <laughs> Lovely. Well, Nick, are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Yes. Or drink poison and talk about cocktails. <laughs> no, see, it's, it's a lovely summery evening. I definitely think it's a cocktail sort of evening. Well, it's my story. My it's week. your story. It's my week. So I got to choose the secret ingredient. As ever, we have a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour, flavour the cocktail at which we shall have. So, Nick, the secret ingredient this week is coconut Yes. Coconut. See, I don't like coconut, so I think you did this on purpose. No, I didn't know you didn't like po- coconut. <laughs> who, didn't, who, does, who, oh, who doesn't like coconut? Oh, are you one of those monsters who doesn't like a bounty? 
Oh God, no, vile. Oh, like a mounds uh, bar, it's called, I think, in America. Uh, uh, oh, I love no, about. Oh, oh, I love God, a bounty. No. Oh, it's moist, Horror. moist, moist, coconutty, tropical taste of the tropical. No, no, no. No. Oh, do you really not like coconut? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But I love <laughs> coconut. I can just imagine you as a teenager with a bottle of Malibu. <laughs> well, when I was nine, actually, that's when it started. <laughs> also, yeah. my sister, if she is listening, will also know that we have a slight. Um, quirky hatred of the word coconut based on an advert we saw once where a french woman was just i swear this is really random but a french woman describing a a yogurt flavor and on the advert she went and flavors of coconut Coconut. (laughs) and every now and then my sister leans over to me going coconut (laughs) it's horrible so anyway with that in mm. mind, I sent you coconut, a classic, classic ingredient. I can't be, absolutely, that it is, that it is. So we have very much gone for a classic, classic cocktail. Okay. So I have do have one question for you. Okay. Do you yes. like getting caught in the rain? Yes, yes I do! Oh, how I love to be caught in the rain! <laughs> caught because in the rain. Because that means pina coladas. Yes! <laughs> oh, pina coladas. You can't have a cocktail, uh, have cocktail coconut in a cocktail and it's not to be a pina colada it is in fact illegal our local bar does a a very curious take on a a pina colada we've been to a few cocktail bars where they try and make it all fancy and strange and distilled i tried to find a version of that because it's really nice it is nice but you know what i am a fan of a traditional pina colada you can't it can't go wrong it is it's a happy drink and it's not over the top (laughs) and it's i mean this is the most trashy we've gone so far on all of the cocktails but pina colada it's a hot week (laughs) it's a tropical drink i am here for it the rules are with pina coladas that you do need to have more umbrellas and sparkly things than Ooh. you can logistically fit into the glass yes yes i would put hats on it and feathers <laughs> <laughs> it needs a sombrero and... <laughs> i don't know i need a fruit or oh, a fruit hat so we are going to go now into our isolation kitchens make this bad boy shake up a storm so we will see you in a minute see you in a bit And we're back. Hello. Oh, so Nick, we've got a pina colada. Pina We get some caught in the rain. So talk us through it, Nick. Now, there are many variations on pina coladas. There are many variations. What version did you go with? I've gone with two parts rum, mm. two parts pineapple, mm-hmm. one and a half parts coconut. Coconut. Crema coconut. And a wee dash of lime. Yeah. So I thought that was a good idea. What I've also done is, because I was going through my cupboard and I thought, ooh, I've got that vanilla rum I made. Ooh, have you used so it I've vanilla used that. rum? Oh, so I've used my vanilla rum with it, because it needs, really needs to be used. So pina coladas, the basics are pineapple, rum, coconut and whatever else. I, I agree, the lime, you need a bit of the citrus in there to give it a kick. I haven't tried this one yet. But I was going to say, do you have to use white rum with pina coladas? Can you use a dark um, rum? I would use a white rum, I yeah. think, yes. Mm. I think a dark rum would be too molasses too probably too rich, I think. Yeah, probably. But you've used vanilla rum. Interesting. I've used vanilla rum, so we shall see. It could be terrible. And you've shaken yours. I do, because I don't have a blender. So I have just put everything in and just given it a massive shake. But I do have a blender, so I blended mine. And as soon as I went to the blender and was mixing this up, my husband appeared and just went, oh, what's going on there? So I made double quantities. <laughs> so it's a party at our house now. Um, so, yes, yes, I've got mine. I'm just, uh, if you can hear it, I'm just stirring it up. I've got my beautiful straw. So let's dive in and test up mm. a lot of pina coladas. 
Mm. I think that's a very good drink. That is delicious. 100% yes from me. <laughs> uh, I know it's not particularly classy and I know it's the kind of the silly beach drink. It's delicious. It's a damn good drink though. It's refreshing. It's sharp. It's citrusy. And the, the coconut's not overpowering. Give it's it that. It's really not, no. Yeah. It's incredibly pleasant. If you had, if you were using Malibu, probably, you know, other coconut rum brands are available. If you had the coconut flavouring in there, it would be overly sweet and you could really taste it and it it, it would be too much. But that, with just the coconut cream in there, delicious, yeah. And I added lime juice to mine, blended it up with a big handful of ice. Mm. Tasty, tasty drink. Tasty, tasty drink for tropical times. Resounding success. Everyone can make a pina colada. Mix up yours and please, we challenge you to make yours as ostentatious as possible. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, we want to see all of the accoutrements that you have in your house in this drink on Friday night. <laughs> all the fruit hanging off the sides. I want sparklers. Yeah, little umbrellas. I, I won't mind looking like Carmen Miranda. Carmen Miranda. Oh, yes. Oh, that is nice. Do the little dance. <laughs> nice. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, we have our pina coladas firmly in hand, Nick. Firmly in hand. Are you ready for a story? Ooh, I would like a story. Tell me a story. Well, we've been on a crazy journey the last 18 episodes, haven't we? And we've looked at various motivations behind the poisoners. What is it that drives people to kill? Mainly cash. Well, mainly cash. Yeah, that is probably (laughs) the number one thing that we've found in all of this. Money, though. Money. Greed. But yeah, we've talked about people who've done foolish or evil things out of greed, out of sheer cruelty but every now and then out of love you find some cases out of love well even last week we had jolly jane toppen who paused in her rampage of murder to try and seduce her brother-in-law <laughs> yes indeed by poisoning him by poisoning him yeah it's a absolutely guaranteed success that one you had the foolish housewives of philadelphia didn't you who couldn't who thought they could tame their wayward husbands with love potions bought from the philadelphia poisoning ring uh, love potions obviously full of arsenic <laughs> christiana edmonds who thought she could win the affections of her handsome dr Ned by poisoning everyone in Brighton. (laughs) We all know love can make you do terrible things, but sometimes love can cause terrible things to happen whether you want them to or not. So this week we are not looking at a cold-blooded murderer. No, we are going to be examining one of history's most controversial aphrodisiacs (laughs) as we head to the 1950s London to the sad, stupid case of Arthur Ford. Oh, dear old Arthur. Dear old Arthur. Getting hints of what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in 1954. Post-war. All of that horror's gone. And we're in a large chemical manufacturer's in London where Arthur Ford, a 44-year-old office manager, works. Arthur has a good life. He's a wife and a loving family. A good 
fine career, a steady job, always in an office, surrounded by lots of lovely, happy workers. And you can imagine it's the 50s, lots of <laughs> office girls in the typing pool. Oh, yes. Tappy, typey, type. All those pencil skirts, All those pencil skirts. tight knit, tight knit sweaters. Yes, Arthur <laughs> is surrounded by diligent, hard workers in his office. And temptation rears its ugly head. Particularly in the form of the shapely, serene Betty Graham. 27 years old, Betty was a sweet, pretty girl, kind to all of her colleagues. She got on well with everyone. And Arthur was in turn very supportive and kind to all of his employees, especially to Betty. (laughs) Especially to Betty. Oh, he, he liked Betty. He liked Betty. 44-year-old nerdy Arthur. Oh, he liked Betty. No, 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 nothing dishonourable. No, nothing untoward. Nothing base. He just was a simple middle-aged man who wanted nothing more than to get into a 27-year-old woman's pants. So that's probably like most 40-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of 44-year-old men have you been hanging out with? <laughs> All the wrong types. So Arthur, in his office, he has a very, very strong crush on Betty. Betty, not overly keen. That's generally understandable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Arthur's own words, Betty kept putting me off. (laughs) Well, why is he trying if he's bloody married? It was the 50s. Mm. Oh, that's all right then. (laughs) His wife was at home ironing, probably, six babies. (laughs) Ironing the babies. Well, she was at home saying, I must get these babies crease-free before my husband comes home. (laughs) But yeah, Arthur is is married and he has children, but he has a crush on Betty and he's clearly asking her out. He's flirting with her and Betty keeps putting him off. I'm not sure whether she was being kind and subtle to him and making up excuses like, I've got to wash my hair, I'm buried in paperwork... I don't speak English. What's your favourite? What's your rebuff of choice? <laughs> I, I so seldom need to use them, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, anyone, anyone, please. Someone love me, please. <laughs> In the words of Homer Simpson, six simple words. I'm not gay, but I'll learn. <laughs> Works every time. But yes, Betty is either trying to be subtle with him, keeps putting him off, rather than going, go away, you horrible man. Either way, Arthur is not dissuaded. And at some point it comes into his head that Betty needs a little bit more encouragement. Yes, generally that's frowned upon, I feel. Yes, well, it's pretty much rape (laughs) in so many words. But needs some encouragement, a little nudge in the right direction, a little help from our good friend Science to (laughs) rouse her arousal. Mm. Yeah, science will do that. A good documentary will do that anytime. <laughs> Religion has done nothing for our sex lives. <laughs> science is the way forward. Working in a chemical manufacturer's, you could imagine that Arthur has access to lots of chemicals. Shocking. But he's not a chemist himself, you know. It's not as if he's trying to do some sort of Machiavellian deed and thinking, ha-ha, if I just knock her out with chloroform and have my evil way with her, that will work. He, that's clearly not entering his head. Maybe they didn't have any chloroform. We don't know. But he's a, he is an office manager. He doesn't know what's really coming through the doors. He pays no mm. heed to all of the uh, descriptions on the bottles and the chemical names that pass by when he's putting through reports. But one word jumps out at him as he's filling out an order as he's probably thinking about Betty in her tight sweater. She's got her ankles out. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're beyond ankles and she's probably got a shapely calf. Ooh. Temperature, that's what she is. And, and she's, she's, she's naked from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a good girl. One word jumps out at him and one of the orders crosses his desk. It is the word cantharidin. <laughs> mm, and this starts to ring a bell with him. Because he realises cantharidin, he's heard about this. It is the same component as the legendary 
Spanish fly. And see, what has he been doing that he he knows about Spanish fly? And that rings a bell well, in his it's head. it's a good question. So what's, what's, I would say, what sort of websites? But no, not in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have the first website and that was all that was on it? Just aphrodisiacs? Well, I think pretty much porn, yeah. <laughs> I think the first time anyone started, like the World Wide Web. What was the name of the, the, the guy who started, well, whatever, whoever started the World Wide Web. Huh? Tim Berners-Lee. Tim Berners-Lee. When he started the World Wide Web, he'd put it up within five seconds. It was filled with porn. <laughs> it was filled with porn. How he knows about Cantharidin and Spanish flight, we can only assume it's passed through folklore because reading some saucy books he's been reading some saucy books banish fly is reportedly a very very powerful aphrodisiac and it is something very firmly rooted in folklore for reasons that will become clear nick do you have a favorite aphrodisiac oh i mean spanish flies right (laughs) what other aphrodisiacs do you know (laughs) not many to be honest (laughs) not generally come up (laughs) well you know there's things like oysters and Asparagus. Yeah, I don't like oysters. You don't like, <laughs> like oysters. Don't like oysters. If someone was coming up to you in a sensual way, going oyster, going no, get out. <laughs> no, none of that. Don't do your oyster dance with me. <laughs> I don't think they do a dance. <laughs> Is that how it works? I don't. Know. I like oysters. <laughs> I mean, they are pointless, but I like well because they are. You just swallow them whole. The good thing about oysters, oysters do work, but not for for sexiness. I don't think Is the the point about oysters <laughs> is they're such a hit of protein. And they make you feel amazing because anything that gives you sort of more protein or like a massive hit of nutrients will make you feel amazing. And generally you feel amazing. You want to have sex or go for a run. (laughs) One of the two. One of the two. Either either way, either way. It's the same result at the end. I don't know how you run, but... (laughs) But yeah, aphrodisiacs, you've got, um, I was looking through actually famous aphrodisiacs. So people know about oysters, asparagus, apparently, um, chilies, because warming sends the heat to the right place. Watermelon. I did not know. Watermelon. Watermelon. I've not heard of that one. Well, I've heard of watermelon, but not... <laughs> what, what is this? As... A melon made of water that makes you procreate? Not as an aphrodisiac. No, it, it, it came That's up a couple it. of times. There we go. Always choose watermelon as your dessert. Yeah. Nibble that down. Celery, <laughs> banana is an aphrodisiac. Is that a potassium thing? Potassium, yes, because muscle strength basically makes you longer orgasms because your muscles are so working down there. <laughs> Some slightly more bizarre ones. Uh, piranha head soup. Oh, we've got a classic. Classic. classic absolutely you know piranha head soup does it know. does it for me the piranha itself not so much but put it in a soup lovely <laughs> um leaf cutter ants so just eat some ants uh my personal favorite um baboon urine or quite well it's specifically said to keep your lover faithful and wanting more so all you need to do with a baboon urine it's very it's very simple <laughs> you just grind the mixture of baboon urine with some soil and yep. some specially chosen herbs herbs of choice herbs of choice uh, I, I quite like rosemary into a powder then just sprinkle that on your vagina and <laughs> I timed that because I knew when just, you were taking yeah. a sip of drink <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> Um, and apparently your partner will be begging for more from only you. Your partner's going to be terrified. <laughs> going, what the hell is going on? Especially if they walk. Well, if, I mean, I don't think there's a difference between walking in during that application and then afterwards no. being better. <laughs> afterwards, just being like, oh, no. I'm soaked in, <laughs> I'm soaked in baboon urine and herbs and, and dirt. Come and yep. get it. <laughs> so the various aphrodisiacs, watermelon, good, baboon urine, not so much. But cantharidin and Spanish fly is one of the most famous and controversial aphrodisiacs of all time. So a little bit about Spanish fly. It's not a fly, not a fly. It is a blister beetle. 
emerald green blister beetle, about two centimetres long. So tiny, tiny, tiny things. They are found, they're found all over. They're not exclusively to Spain. I don't know where it came up with Spanish fly, but Asia, Siberia, Southern Europe, parts of Britain, you can find them. It's interesting, the Latin name, um, Lita Vascertora, Toria, comes from the Greek word for rage and frenzy and blister so blister rage frenzy basically is what this fly means without going to david attenborough the male beetles produce the cantharidin which is the toxic blistering agent as a defense mechanism but they also produce it as a gift to the females during mating and i really like the way they do this the male literally secretes the toxin from its mouth and from its uh joints but then it rolls the toxin into a ball with its knees and then puts it on its head to impress the ladies well that's gonna do it to be honest i'm wearing a poison hat i love you i just think that's really cute the beetles with the thing on its head cantharidin though is fine for the beetles uh the the toxin makes the males more virile in the sexy sexy act but for humans mm, not so much cantharidin is extremely toxic it causes Skin irritation, blistering, eh, shocking, bleeding, if taken internally, gastrointernal bleeding, organ failure and death. Horribleness all round. It has been used... It has been used in small doses as a topical medicine for skin conditions in humans and in animal husbandry. But if ingested even in small doses, it will kill you quickly and painfully and there is no antidote. So... It's a little bit surprising that for centuries it has been used or touted as a very successful aphrodisiac. The reason for this, not so clear. A reason is because of the erections. <laughs> Can I please have that as my ringtone? Yep. <laughs> Just that you is, going, the reason. the reason is the erections. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Oh, the erection. oh, oh, please, oh, please, Dr. Nick, tell us about the erections. <laughs> No, I'm stirring my drink in anticipation. Does it though? Does yes. it? Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I don't speak from personal experience. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but that was the reason why it was taken as an aphrodisiac. Very long-lasting. The wonderful Catherine Harkup, our chemist friend from Expert Witness episode two, um, she wrote a piece about this and theorised that because cantharidin causes dilation of the blood vessels allowing increased blood flow it might be helpful for one organ in particular so an early version of viagra but with some unfortunate side effects yeah it doesn't really make sense because the intense irritation and the blistering that would be caused by either ingestion or topical treatment would make this far from a pleasant experience even so all about balance it's all about balance Quickly, quickly, quickly. <laughs> it's very painful, but my God, look at the size of it. <laughs> Indeed, in folklore stretching back centuries, Spanish fly is mentioned repeatedly as a means to an end in more ways than one. In the Roman Empire, Empress uh, Livia put Spanish fly into, rival me- into, into the meals of her rivals to induce them to commit sort of wanton acts of carnality, to make them go into a sexual frenzy and have all sorts of sexual encounters and their reputations would be in tatters as a result of it i mean this is in the roman empire so god knows what it did (laughs) it was also used uh cantharidin powder was also reportedly used as an aphrodisiac sweet or pastille de richelieu because the duke de richelieu offered them to his mistresses and in the 18th century, King Louis XV's mistress was said to have taken uh, these kind of powdered sweets herself or given them to the young women to prepare them for their 
duties with the king obviously mm. she was the headmistress and all the women had to come through so yeah apparently cantharidin was handed out but perhaps the most famous reference to cantharidin and spanish fly belongs to none other than it's the marquis de sade the marquis de sade yes the <laughs> most famous pervert of them all <laughs> Who was said when he used it was he used it in aniseed sweets? He did. He so used which would have been perfect for balls. last week as well. He used last week, there we go. Found <laughs> in, in his aniseed balls, or maybe his balls were made of aniseed. You don't know. Potentially, potentially, <laughs> potentially. But this is crazy. Like that, to have two stories where links. aniseed it balls <laughs> comes up the worst sweet ever. <laughs> Why was everyone obsessed with aniseed balls? They're all mad. So what do you know about the market? Is sad, Nick. He he was a bit of a weird chap. <laughs> <laughs> It was a, wrote lots of books. Was it a hundred and hundred days? Or of 120, 120, 120, 120, not a hundred. No, no, that was his early draft. And then was it just Justine was the big yeah. one he got? He got mullered for. <laughs> yes. That did not go down too well. Must have been, I've not read about read either of them. I've not read them in full. He's one of those chaps when you read chapters of them, you think, how bad can it be? And you have to throw the book across the room. I've, going, I, yeah, what? I've read excerpts. Yeah, I've read excerpts. I've not read the entire the entire thing because yeah some of it's pretty grim exactly and pretty and not harsh stuff. nice not no. nice stuff it's well, not it's like you get sadism from so it's not going to be nice <laughs> yeah sadomasochism in the not in the fun way not in the 50 shades of gray kind of way which also we'll all we've all read Aha, not sadomasochism only <laughs> no? sadism sadism really? comes from him masochism comes from an austrian chap called leopold von sacker masoch did you make that up no i didn't it's <laughs> no, honestly just... true amazing name and that's where you get a masochism from he wrote um venus and furs yes venus and furs and he was a minor i'm going completely off tangent um, okay go about for my it. knowledge <laughs> of sadomasochism uh, <laughs> it's what the people want to hear nick <laughs> um, he was a fairly minor noble in austria i think early 1900s hmm. um, and he had this absolute obsession with one of his mistresses hmm. um who he got to be the woman who dressed in in furs um and would dominate him which is where you get the masochism from because masochism ah. is getting gratification from being sort of receiving pain isn't it? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah receiving pain or receiving humiliation or being dominated but then sadism is you getting gratification from doing it to someone else um so Ugh. that's where the marquis de sar comes in because it's purely a one-way thing yeah it's- and marquis de Sade is um as much as he is passed into folklore of this kind of oh wasn't he a sexy rogue wasn't he a kind of a quick kinky kinky chap marquis de Sade is fucking awful no it it's, is- it's 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 children children with Slaves, animals, all sorts against of... will, all of that. Marquis yeah, Sard is it's... not cool, man, but has has the most phenomenal stories associated with him. But yeah, his in, and this is a case in point. In 1772, the Marquis was having one of his regular orgies Tuesday like night. Tuesday night, only the four prostitutes that evening. Yeah, and one goat probably just watching. <laughs> He sends his valet out to procure the prostitutes. We should use that phrase more often. Procure some prostitutes. <laughs> when they arrived at his boudoir or his palace or wherever he was, he offers them the aniseed balls, the delicious sweet of the day. But, of course, these sweets were laced with Spanish fly because he believed he had taken them and he believed that they induced sexual uh, frenzy. That it would, uh, I think it was the the... The word was that he would drive the women wild with desire or put them on, set them on fire. And um, whether he'd experimented with it before and he had had success with erections, he thought that the same results would happen on the women. It didn't. They yeah. began screaming and writhing in agony, vomiting everywhere and worse. I'm going to say it. that The Marquis de Sade reportedly liked to smell their farts while dying. <laughs> I, that... Uh, 
as I, we said he is not he was not he, a well um, man insane insane yes two of the women reportedly i don't think it was all four but i think two of the women died from the poisoning the authorities did come for him but i think he had fled to italy so he, he went escaped to trial yeah so spanish fly what a reputation it has <laughs> but you can imagine how in the 50s we don't have the internet as we've established <laughs> definitively people would have been telling stories and these kind of stories pass on in folklore and it is a time it's not necessarily just because it's the 50s but just of that time when you don't have the benefit of looking up everything on your phone you are going to hear tales of by the way i hear this does this i hear this does that and the rumors about spanish fly would have passed through the ages and marquis de sard and himself would have been seen probably as a kind of a silly lovable rogue because no one's going to read his books are they because they're too controversial but arthur had no idea of the true nature of cantharidin he's an office manager he's not a chemist and we can only assume he's heard the folklore about cantharidin and spanish fly as a sexist mm. sex aid <laughs> he would have been thinking marquis de sade he used that oh wasn't he a saucy chap oh, wasn't he a jolly chap <laughs> wasn't he a jolly chap rather than a horrible deviant and paedophile so there was arthur suddenly aware that he has access to as he understands it to be a sexy love potion something of an aphrodisiac that might persuade young betty to mm. favor him he wanders into his chemical stores and he asks the people who work there casually about cantharidin, how this comes up in conversation. <laughs> you just walk yeah. in and scream, cantharidin, please tell me. He is told in no uncertain terms that it is a number one poison. Uh, it, it's up there with strychnine in people's opinions. And he replies, <laughs> in that case, I'd better not have any of it and backs <laughs> but, out of the room. Where, where do you keep it again? <laughs> Which cupboard is it in? <laughs> tell me the specific shelf where it is, just so I know to stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But later on, he sneaks back in. Ah. <laughs> he finds the source of the cantharidin of the Spanish fly and he slips around 39 grains into a wage packet envelope. That is enough to kill over 200 that's, people. Yeah, that's quite a lot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. So the following day, 27th of April, 1954, the office is a flutter as usual. Oh, everyone's in. <laughs> tappy, tappy, type, tappy, tappy, type. Get those chemicals off. And Arthur on his way back from lunch has brought a treat into the office. Ooh, we like an office treat, don't we? We are yeah. always like an office treat. Yes, curry favour with people, you bastard. <laughs> he has brought in a lovely selection of coconut ices. Nice. Yay! Oh, very tasty. Coconut, coconut ices. He should have just bought in pina coladas for all. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that would, that would have been so much more effective. Well, I mean, to be honest, alcohol as an aphrodisiac, well, it exactly, works. Yeah. It works, goddammit. Get him pissed. Bring get him pina coladas. Get him drunk. Coconut, the greatest poison of them all. <laughs> Coconut squares, so they're like little pink and white, squidgy, sugary, yes, coconutty. You don't like them? Okay, fine. Anyone who loves coconut would be like, oh, yay, I'd love him as a boss. <laughs> but there we are. But before he hands them out, he slips into his office. He has an adjustment to make. He takes a pair of scissors and in two of the coconut ices, he slips in granules of the cantharidin. And so then he yeah. goes around the office, handing out coconut ices very specifically. Be really careful <laughs> about how you do that. Make sure the right person gets the very right one. Very specifically. He hands them out. He doesn't just hand them over. He just goes, for you, one, for you. Get away from that. Right. Slapping hands away. Goes over to Betty. Hands over very particularly one sweet he has a sweet himself as well and the others are around so he's pretty sure about how he's administered and everyone enjoys the sweets and it's a lovely day in the office oh what a lovely lovely day 
Around 3.30pm, June Malins, aged 19, starts complaining of stomach pains. And it's Betty Grant who helps her upstairs to the sick room. So you got the wrong person. About half an hour later, Miss Grant joins her. The two women um... are absolutely in agony with stomach pains. They're complaining. That's not They're sexy. vomiting. They're crying. How June Malins got the coconut ice, as clearly she has done. She stole it from the desk. <sighs> Maybe she... <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. She's a coconut thief. There she is, taking them on. Yeah, for me, for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my sweets now. <laughs> well, the 19-year-old girl is dying alongside poor Betty Grant. At this point, Arthur says he's also unwell. He's complaining of a headache. And is looking a bit faint and lies down in his office for a bit. While the two girls are upstairs very clearly screaming and crying from the effects of what has been given to them. A doctor is called and all three of them are taken to hospital. Miss Malins, uh, uh, Betty Grant and Arthur Ford. Arthur recovers. Yeah. The two women deteriorate Eesh. rapidly. And a short while later they are both dead. You yeah. God. There is no cure. No. I mean, how did he possibly think this was going to go well? Didn't know. Didn't know what he was doing. Given the bizarre circumstances of the women's death, a post-mortem examination is carried out. And of course, cantharidin is found in both women's bodies. The cantharidin that is found is around ten times the lethal dose. So Ford is arrested. Arthur is arrested. So they know it was in the coconut. They know it's in their bodies. Yeah, but so how do they arrest Arthur Ford? Clearly something has gone wrong yes. because there's no way these women would have taken cantharidin and all they can assume is that they've in... interviewed people and said they all had some food that day. These two women, they can trace it back to like, well, what has everyone eaten? And they go, and... oh, well, Arthur came in with these these sweets. So... Arthur came in with these no, no, and said, fair. what the fuck has gone on? Because there's no reason for cantharidin to be in their bodies. But it just goes to show that Arthur had no idea what he yeah. was doing. He was basing this on thinking it was some sort of herbal treatment whatever was going through his head shove it in the suite and she'll have a bite of it and it'll be fine he didn't mean apparently to give it to uh, the 19 year old girl he confesses when he's arrested he confesses to manslaughter he takes some coercion from the police apparently he's babbling he's not making a lot of sense but they have to sort of talk it out of him but you can imagine he's devastated yeah he must be in absolute shock completely in shock he says and some of the transcripts are i gave one of the pieces to miss grant we were very fond of each other Mm-hmm. yeah really she kept putting me off and i made up my mind to give her cantharidin in the coconut ice to stimulate her desire for me okay she's putting How you off you think this was going to work he's an idiot but assuming that the cantharidin had the desired effect and she got uber horny in the middle of the office <laughs> Is she going to run across and smash his door down past probably God knows how many other people in the office and go straight to him? Clearly that's what he was thinking. He was reading the Marquis de Sade and he was just thinking it would turn into an orgy of the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, he said, uh, to stimulate her desire for me, it seemed to me this was the best way to give it to her. Boy, I think it meant the sweet distribution. Yeah, yeah, I got that. (laughs) I cannot say how Miss Malins got the other piece except that it must have been by accident. The only girl I was interested in was Miss Grant. I am deeply sorry I gave Betty Grant this drug. I now realise it caused the death of those two girls. You now realise that it caused the Mm. death of those two girls, the fact that they're dead. I did this crazy thing at the expense of losing my dear wife and children. Arthur stood on trial at a charge of manslaughter. He pleaded guilty 
and he was sentenced to five years imprisonment. Is that all? Five years for killing two women. Bloody hell. There's a slight postscript to this, not a long one, but I wanted to bring it up. It just goes to show the perils of trying to force love's hand and how perhaps little has changed. In 2018, a man Mm. stood trial for spiking a girl's drink with a substance called Spanish Goldfly. Uh. The man claimed it was for him. He claimed it was a natural energy tonic that made sex better. He was eventually cleared of attempting to administer a substance with the intent to to stupefy or overpower to allow sexual activity as the jury failed to return a verdict. Mm. See, it's got that... it's got that reputation even now yeah so it's got that reputation something about the spanish fly has endured even though everything we know about it it is still used as a name on a bogus sex treatment yeah i mean the stuff i mean i I say i sound like i know from terrifying (laughs) experience i don't i I watched a a t i watched a tv program and cantharinin was a main plot point in it which is where i get most (laughs) of this knowledge from but yeah i mean that you could still get sort of those sort of enhancers supposedly sex enhancers and things like that which are yep. called spanish fly and things and they've got no cantharidin or any spanish fly in them it is purely the name that is that is still there after probably like a thousand years or so this name has stuck around um and, and people still have it that, that it will get you somewhere it's the terrifying thing of branding in a way well it's, God, the, it's ultimate the ultimate branding brand, but still so... for so long Sp- spanish fly cantharidin which was um, extracted and named in, I think it was 1810, by a chemist who said, this is toxic, this is deadly. But the legend of it continued so long that you have a man in the 1950s who was able to find cantharidin, stupid as he was, God knows how his office or his business was run, takes a huge amount of this poison, <laughs> shoves a, enough to kill 10 people into a suite and hands it to a woman because he thinks it will make her horny. And the chilling thing is nowadays still, people will go, well, if I slip this in your drink, it will make you more amenable. It is a horrible foreshadowing. Okay, ending on a high note. (laughs) Nice jolly note, but it's true. I mean, not every... I mean, while this is a kind of a funny thing about aphrodisiacs, it is the story of Arthur Ford, but it has a legacy. Possibly more so than anything else. Maybe, you know, arsenic and strychnine and all of the poisons that we've dealt with, the horror of what they caused was discovered long ago. and We name them as poisons, but now you still can get, as little as two years ago, branded drinks and powders going, this will help you be a lover. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. And the slightly bittersweet tale of Arthur Ford (laughs) and Spanish Fly. Yes. Is a terrifying thing, especially the, um, the market side. Is a fascinating character, mm. terrible, terrible man. But um, and I was going to do an episode on him, you but can, now I shan't. You can still do an episode <laughs> on him. I might, I might do something. I think Marky Desard possibly deserves more, more, more episode content in the future. I think we can talk, we can talk about him <laughs> at length. A deviant and horrible man that he yes. is. His history is fascinating, and again, we all these folklore poisons that we've got that have just been passed down and down and down, and people just taking them, taking their legend at face value is quite terrifying. It's the little poisons <laughs> that we don't know about. <laughs> what do we think of Arthur then? I think well, Arthur was obviously well. I mean, it's incredibly sad, isn't it? Obviously, I mean, he was. I can't imagine he was happily married if he's gone down this track. No, oh, I think um, I. I to be honest, I don't care if he was happily married or not. Don't date rape women. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is that. But but to be... I mean, he's obviously just a very sad little man. Yeah. 
who has done that for for whatever reason he felt that was the only way to, mm. to do it to get what he was after though clearly she was not mm. interested um in a man 20 years older than her which is not entirely surprising but that he felt so compelled to do such an extreme terrible thing it seems that from the police reports and when you read his testimony and what he says that he's clearly a man who is is not all there in the end because he is he never thought he was going to kill two people he never intended oh no to kill absolutely people. i have no doubt that he, his his intentions that, that were not never his intention absolutely. his intentions were not honorable really on the face of it no clearly he thought it was fine to coax her along and in an office environment it's just one of those classic things of like oh well she was leading me on and so i just thought i'd tip her over the edge and it's just like well she she has every right to tell you to fuck off quite frankly mate it just how horribly wrong it just the ego and just thinking oh well you know we'll just we'll just nudge her along two women are dead and yes i mean you would you would you would research this stuff (laughs) you would work work out you would work out how much you would need what quantities or something like that surely if you want that's the effect that you wanted to have you would work out how to do it already been told by the person who was in charge of that storeroom this is a number one it is a poison stay away from it and he's still just thought he was smarter he's possibly the stupidest person we have spoken about i yeah i think potentially we had so many criminal masterminds in a way and even people who were psychopaths or sociopaths where it was just driving them to these insane acts where you can kind of in court go well they're absolutely mental and they have no empathy this is just a very egotistically stupid man this is just yeah a stupid person there's no other word for it it's just complete yeah it's complete stupidity you would take such action without having the foggiest Mm. idea what you were doing it does make you think about the marquis de sade if it is a bit of that if the folklore of the tales have passed through the centuries that spanish fly is an aphrodisiac and marquis de sade's story was was famous again he he did that intentionally he did that with the intention to hurt and to damage Um, yeah absolutely yeah he 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 did not care that if the the the, for him i suppose the more pain and discomfort the better really because that was that was and how romanticised um, that that time can be. Oh yes, well I suppose it is. Yeah, going back to that. Yes, that sort of. It's not romantic, far from the romantics, is it? Yeah. Classical age sort of thing. It's it's looking back at it with, as we all do, that sort of nostalgic mm. sort of thing, of oh the romance of the yes this dashing count <laughs> in his palace or his castle sort of thing doing terrible things. <laughs> well, yeah, until I'd read about the Marquis de Sade, you know, until I actually read a bit more into his history. And that was fairly recently. I'd always know, okay, Marquis de Sade, he wrote these things, he wrote some sexy books. Oh, well, he was just progressive or whatever. And then you look into it and go, fuck no. No! no. Yeah, also, there was very much a, a slightly sort of voyeuristic thing with him as well, is that you want to know what he did. Yes, um, yeah, that is that little not bit in, of... Yeah, I suppose it's one step away from like reading Fifty Shades and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You want to read these, the salacious details and we all have i must admit i haven't um read oh 50 shows i have totally skipped to the day <laughs> so, and they are they're pretty they're pretty tame compared to the market yeah there's a market you read it and go oh my god i'm i'm scarred yeah. for life and it's in french it's french oh it's doubly hard je suis le sex what what does that mean oh well there we go the power of aphrodisiacs yeah. and how they can be mishandled mishandled it's a poison love the greatest poison well, of them all. Yes. No. Sex. sex. The greatest poison of them Roger. all. Sexy sex. 
Well, there we go. There is a, there is a story about Arthur Ford, the Marquis de Sade, and, uh, and some tips about oh, no. how to spice up your love life. Yes, yes, don't follow these tips. No, don't, don't use Spanish fly. But, don't but do watermelon, that. by Watermelon, all means. go for it. Watermelon, oysters, asparagus, lovely. Not sure how effective they are. I don't know. Eat them all at once. <laughs> Eat them all at once. See what happens. There must have been someone out there who has done a first date. Some people would, ironically, I mean, you could do it as a laugh, but there's got to be someone out there who did look this stuff. The same way probably as Arthur <laughs> Ford did. Looked up, what's a fucking aphrodisiac when they're coming round for like their dinner and like the night? I go, right, asparagus, oysters, fillet steak, watermelon for dessert, chilies on everything. There we go. Please, please stay over, please. <laughs> See, I, if I had that lot, I would. I just want to sleep. It's a terrible meal. To be yes, no, it's not. It's not a... <laughs> we live very near Whitstable, so oysters are in fresh supply. And there is there is nothing lovelier than actually going out and having a swim on the beach and sitting having some fresh oysters. I can think of several things lovelier. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, I could, I could reel off a list of well, having sex things. on the beach. <laughs> I'm just there with my oysters, going, mm, "This is delicious." Like I'm actually having sex, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Well, there we go. On that high note. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's been a roller coaster this episode. It, it truly has. It? it truly has. We've gone to some unexpected places. We've gone yeah. to some dark places. But you know what? That is the point of the podcast. We can't always be happy and jolly. <laughs> Sometimes we have to talk about sadomasochism. So, guys, what do you think about S&M, obviously? Yep. What do you think of the story? Come and have a chat with us on social media as ever. Make yourself a, a pina colada. Um, highly recommended. Very, 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 very nice. Get yourself some coconut and some rum and some pineapples. Mix up a tasty, mm. tasty beverage. And I think this Friday is a good day to do it. Because I think it's going to be glorious. If you're in England, it's it's hot on Friday. It is boiling. Mix it up wherever you're going, wherever you are with friends and loved ones. Mix up a tropical drink or whatever cocktail you're having. Put some accoutrements on it. Send us a picture of it. Send us recommendations of other poisoners and poisoning cases you want us to cover. Next week, it's episode 20. It is. We've got to, find, we've got to think of something interesting to do for episode 20. Oh, we do. We do. We need a biggie. We've got a couple of biggies in mind. As soon as you've heard this episode, be sending us recommendations on Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter. Please send us your recommendations or just your general pictures of you drunk and dead on poison. I'm just I'm just actually Googling at the moment S&M cocktails. So that might be... That might well, be, we've done it this week. Well, that might be my, the next week. <laughs> we just carry just, on... I'm going to drink a... Carry on the S&M yeah. theme into episode well, 20. I've got one. Oh, I've got one called the S&M. We could, we could, I could make you a stiffy. I'm sure we will explore many <laughs> options. You know what? Let's just let's let's just we will share a series of sexually themed cocktail ideas this week. I've said it now, Nick, so it oh has God. to happen. What have I let myself in for? You knew what you signed up <laughs> yeah. for in the podcast. <laughs> Darling people, download, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. Please let us get more downloads, more listeners. It all helps us to continue to do wonderful things <laughs> and to bring you more tales of poisonings. So we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.